Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. Seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. The Knicks nine in a row, unstoppable. Come from fifteen down in the first half, ten down in the third quarter, and one down with two minutes left after taking the lead and beat the Indiana Pacers one hundred nine one hundred five and completely continue to do whatever it takes to win. And we'll continue to take your phone calls on that at 877-337-6666. But let's get to the Yankees here for a second, because if you didn't hear in the update there, Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers, the ace of the Brewers, is now the ace of the Baltimore Orioles. And he was traded to Baltimore for the package of infielder prospect Joey Ortiz, left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, and the 34th pick overall in the 2024 draft. And for me, this is the guy I wanted. This is the guy I thought made the most sense for the New York Yankees, and I think this is a terrible job from the New York Yankees not going out to make sure that they acquired an ace-type pitcher. Now, yesterday we heard, you know, it's it's been prevailing thought that he necessarily wasn't going to get traded, that Milwaukee was going to hold on to him until the All-Star, until the trade deadline, and that was the thought process. Oh, we'll wait till the deadline, right? Bob Clappish comes out with the article. Uh, he kind of mentions it. We don't know for sure if that's 100% what the Yankees were thinking, but it sounded like, oh, they went down that road. I don't know if Milwaukee's even going to move him, and we'll try and get him at the trade deadline or whatever the case may be. And here's the fact of the matter. All right, here's the plain, simple truth of it all. The Yankees need another starting pitcher. I've been saying it forever. I still feel that way. Marcus Stroman is a nice piece, and he's someone who's pretty good as the third or fourth starter. The Yankees don't know what they have in Carlos Rodon. They need a secondary starter in this year that is supposed to be an all-in year. And for me, this was the from the jump street. A trade for Burns was 100% the way to go. If you look at this Yankee team, right, I think this is the year to go all in. They go out and trade for Juan Soto. He's, he's only guaranteed to be here for this season. Who knows about the future, right? Verdugo you acquire in a trade. He's here for one year. You don't know about his future. You could argue that Rizzo might be gone. There's a ton of guys, a ton of guys who could be moving on. The team could look completely different next year. Glaber Torres could be gone next year. They could make this team completely different, and I'm open to it on, on many levels. I think it's probably time to see Rizzo go. I, I think there's a good chance that it doesn't make much sense to give Gleyber Torres the money he's going to get on the free agent market. Like, I'm open to the idea. I mean, you need Juan Soto. You got to do whatever you can to keep him. But besides that, you could see a different team. This is the year to add that payroll because next year you might be off the hook for some of the money. I know you got to give Juan Soto a big contract, 
But you're going to be losing Rizzo. You're going to be losing Gleyber Torres, theoretically. You might, you know, Verdugo. Like, some of the money's coming off the books next year. This was the time to go all in. And I didn't want to give a long-term contract to Blake Snell. And clearly the Yankees don't, not at $270 million for nine years. Who the hell would want to? And quite clearly, no one is. And I don't even know if I want to give Montgomery big money. But if you, for, and especially now with, with where they are in the payroll, and I don't think Hal is cheap. I think Hal, you know, should be willing to go all in for this season on the money. But overall, they're at the tax the the uh, the tax threshold. I don't expect them to go out and give Blake Snell thirty million dollars, which would become sixty million on the tax. But for one year of Corbin Burns at fifteen million dollars, which is what he's making this year, fifteen million dollars. It makes perfect sense. You bring in another ace to this staff to go along with Cole, to go that top two, to go along with the top two in the middle of your lineup of Judge and Soto, and you go about trying to win a World Series this year. And then if Burns leaves after the year, he leaves after the year. That's fine. That's fine. And if $15 million is really $30 million, all right, for one year, you won't pay Corbin Burns $30 million for one year? He's worth $30 million for one year. This was the deal. And stop telling me, well, the Orioles had the prospects. The Orioles are younger and better. Shut up. The, the, oh, I got a bunch of tweets. Oh, you want to give up Spencer Jones? You want to give up Jason Dominguez? You didn't have to give up Spencer Jones or Jason Dominguez. They did not get the Orioles' best prospect. They got, like, Baseball America's 60th. He's a top 100 infielder. He's he's, he's He had a decent year in AAA after a subpar year in AA. He's, a, he's, he's their best defensive infielder in Joey Ortiz, and D.L. Hall has been a pro- was a prospect that they were high on a couple of years ago but they as a starting pitcher, but turned him into a reliever. This is the, for whatever reason, the Milwaukee Brewers loved Hall, apparently, and they think they can turn him into something special. Fine, I get that, and maybe they were focused on that. But don't tell me the Yankees didn't have enough. And I know the Yankees made the trade for Soto, and I know the Yankees made the trade for Verdugo, and I know many people think they're depleted inside the farm system. This is two players and a pick. I would give up Peraza and a pitching prospect for Corbin Burns and try and chase a championship this year. I would. I would. I'd give up Pereira and a pitching prospect for Burns. I'd give up Pereira and Peraza for Burns. I don't know if I'd give up three, but I'd give up Pereira and Peraza if they wanted two guys and not the pitching prospect. But, like, there was a way to try and make this deal work. And I don't know how far down the road the Yankees got. I understand that I'm not in, I'm not privy to all the information, and maybe the asking price for the Yankees was different than the Orioles because they love DL Hall. I don't know. I'll be the first to admit I don't know all the ins and outs. But what I do know is the perfect fit for the New York Yankees, a pitcher on a one-year deal on an all-in type year who's only making $15 million but is yet one of the aces, the true aces of baseball, who could have made a real impact on this rotation and made you feel like the Yankees were right there with every other team, if not right there with the Dodgers, as the two best teams in baseball. 
And instead, they allowed it to go to their rival, who I talked about the other day, who I was 100% right about, in the idea that now it's time to be worried. Two day, They sell the team. Two days later, they're making this trade. And now you feel like the Orioles can pay them. Like, if this trade was made a week ago, you'd be like, damn, the Orioles made a great trade. But ultimately, all right, it's one year. Hopefully the Yankees are good enough to beat them. If you're a Yankee fan, speaking from the Yankees fan perspective, hopefully, you know, the Yankees are still good enough to beat them or something will happen, but they'll never sign them. So it's one year of Burns, and they traded away some of their prospects. You know, okay, let's just get through this year and still beat them and have Juan Soto, you know, knock Burns around the park, and we'll feel okay about it. Now Burns can sign this contract this year for a four- or five-year deal and be done with his contract before you have to pay the the Adley Rushmans or before you have to pay the Gunnar Hendersons or before you have to pay the Holidays. All these young town, you know, Mountcastle you probably have to pay in the next few years. But, like, they are stacked, loaded, a very good team in desperate need of starting pitching. And instead of being aggressive and instead of doing what the Yankees should have done, and went out there and had this all-in type year and went out and made a big trade to get their guy who puts him over the top. They allowed the Baltimore Orioles to swoop in and get a guy we were told wasn't going to be available until the All-Star break. Or the trade deadline, should I say. I got the NBA's All-Star break on my mind. And it, and it's... Uh, this offseason... Now, don't take it too far, and I'll still argue with a lot of you Yankee fans who immediately I put out something about my frustration. It's like, Haha, you knew it, Chris. The Orioles are far better. They're not. They're not. They they absolutely should be the favorite in the division. They won 100 games last year in the division. They just added um, an ace to their staff, and you expect the young kids to get better. So, yeah, on paper, I, I think it's fair to call them the favorites in the division. But I'd be, I'm telling you right now, I think the Yankees are right there. I don't think the Yankees, like, oh, the Yankees and the Orioles are two ships in the night. One's old and getting going the wrong way. And the Orioles, oh, Trust me, they are right there with the Orioles. And by the way, did you see the Orioles in the postseason? You know, maybe they can actually show up and win a game in the postseason before I suddenly think they're the greatest thing in, the, in, in Major League Baseball. So, and I don't think this team's a disaster. And I don't think the Yankees are destined for 83 wins. I think Juan Soto makes an enormous difference. I do think this pitching staff will be just fine. I'm not concerned about not signing Juan Lee Peralta. I'm not that concerned about not signing Middleton, who's just going to the Cardinals. Uh, they'll they'll find arms in that bullpen. I do think that uh, the starting rotation is going to be better than most people think. I think there's no reason to think Nesta Cortez, when healthy, can still be a good pitcher. I expect Rodon to be far better. And just that alone, Rodon being far better, Nesta, uh, not even great. I'm not even saying returning back to you know leading the MLB in strikeout per nine rate, but just better. Just being at least a solid pitcher. If that happens, which I think it can and will, if Nesta Cortez comes back and is healthy, healthy for the whole year and they've added Juan Soto and Verdugo, that alone, and a healthy judge all year, that alone gives them 10 wins. They're a 90-win team easy. Easy. But I'm not looking for 90, 95 wins. I'm looking to be the most dangerous team in Major League Baseball. And that's what they should have done. And once they traded for Juan Soto, and they know it's a one-year proposition, it's very well could be a one-year proposition. Because as much as I'll tell you that I'm concerned with how the Mets are doing business and that the moniker of King Cohen and some of the things we're, we're talking about with him, I think, needs to slow its roll because I haven't seen it yet. 
doesn't mean that he won't be there with, you know, arms wide open looking to pay Juan Soto next year. Or the Do- hell no, who knows? The Dodgers might offer him a dollar today for eight hundred million tomorrow, and he might take it. I have no idea. We have no idea how long Juan Soto is going to be here. What I do know is one of the best hitters of his generation, a Hall of Fame player that you could put right next to Judge, is going to be in the lineup this season. And he is not alone in only being here for this season. This is a year to go all in. And so now that they missed on Burns, and I've done my crying about it, and I've done my bitching about it, and I've said my piece on how dis- disappointed I am in this overall offseason, and especially the one guy I freaking wanted who fit this team like a glove, who they absolutely should have went out and got, and should have figured out a way to better this this deal, and should have told should have told Milwaukee, I don't whatever trade you're about to make, you come to me before you make it. That should have been said, and maybe it was. But ultimately, they didn't think they could match this deal. Nonsense, they could have. This is what should have happened. But now that I'm done, now that I've said my piece, now that I've bitched about it, you know what? Go trade for Bieber. I don't like him as much. I'd rather have Burns. But go trade for Bieber. I have no idea what Cleveland's doing. I, I don't think they're going to spend any money. They've done nothing this offseason. I, 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 they're, they're having issues with their TV deal as well. Go out there, and, and they know they're not going to sign him. Go out there and give a couple of prospects for Bieber because I don't want to go give Snell a ton of money. I'll be totally honest with you. I don't. I don't even want to give Montgomery a ton of money. And where this uh, you know, starting pitching market is in, the, in free agency, I am shocked. I am shocked that this is all it took, that the Baltimore Orioles, who have the, one of the best, if not the best farm system in baseball, got away with giving the pick Joey Ortiz and D.L. Hall. That got them Corbin Burns, one of the best pitchers in baseball. This would be different if they if they gave, if Gunnar Henderson was in this deal. Yeah, I get it. If they gave away Holiday in this deal, I'd be like, okay, they did something the Yankees weren't willing to do. I get it. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. They did not make an offer that 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 Milwaukee couldn't refuse and no one else could match. They're capable of it. And we talked about that, how they're capable of it, but that's not what this is. This is a this is a deal the Yankees absolutely could have matched. And so now I you need to keep up with the Joneses. The Baltimore Orioles just fired the first salvo of this new rivalry between Baltimore and the rest of the American League East, and specifically for us, the New York Yankees. They just they just said we're here. They got bought by a bunch of billionaires and they two days later made a trade for one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I wouldn't be surprised if two days from now you hear they signed him to a five five year two hundred and fifty million dollar contract or something like that. I would not it would not surprise me in the least. So here come the Orioles. Where are the Yankees? I'm fine with it. I love competition. It makes it makes it makes us better. I think the idea that Steve Cohen is with the Mets is going to help the Yankees overall because it's going to make Hal spend some money. And you know what? If the Orioles are going to be a threat in that department, it hopefully should make the Yankees and Hal better. And I still think everyone would rather come to the Bronx than go to that ballparking in uh, in Baltimore. That's beautiful. But if you're uh, if you're a hitter, good luck hitting in that ballpark since they moved it back a hundred feet in left field. This was the move to make. They didn't. What's the next move to make? 
go get another starting pitcher. You've passed on every bullpen arm, and I haven't and I haven't got on you for it. The offense is fine. We'll, I mean, I, I expect it to be fine. We'll see. I think you've done enough there. Adding Juan Soto and Verdugo is enough for me. I'm satisfied with what they've done offensively. This starting rotation has too many freaking question marks. And more than that, forget all the question marks. They don't have the answer of who is a clear-cut number two ace. That's what I want with Garrett Cole. I want the two top of the rotation, and I want the two in the middle of the lineup. You did the lineup. Go get the rotation. Go trade for Bieber. If it's signed Snell, go sign Snell. But you better be willing to pony up again for for Juan Soto next year. And that scares me. And Snell scares me a little bit. But now is the time, Yankees. I'm pissed off about it. I'm, I'm, uh, Burns was the guy. It sounded like the Yankees were the guy. I watch all the hot stove shows. I listen to Jack Curry. Jack, I hear you. Jack won't shut up about Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns comes up in every single hot stove show. Every stinking one. You know what that means? That means the Yankees are aware. You listen to Hot Stove, you get an idea. It's not guaranteed what they're going to do, but you get an idea. Right? When everybody, when when that day, I remember they had the Hot Stove the day. That Strowman and, uh, and um, Snell were like bandied about. They're all, they know exactly what's going on. I'm telling you right now, they need to add a starting pitcher to be the beast in the East. They need the starting pitcher to be the team that is a favorite to win the World Series. And if they thought they could get it at the trade deadline, think again. Because anything can happen. Someone might pony up and give a average prospect a pick and a reliever and go get Bieber. Go be that team who does that. 877-337-6666. We'll take a couple calls here. Uh, Douglas in the Bronx. What's up, Douglas? Hello, Chris. Happy overnight. Thanks. Happy for... overnight. I like that. That's that's new. I like that one. <laughs> Thanks for letting me join your show. Uh, one of my personal favorite Bill Murray movies. What about Bob? What about Bob? Do I do love What About Bob? That is that is a very good movie. Um, with, yeah. uh, what's his name? One of my favorite guys too, from Mr. Holland's Opus. What's his name? And Jaws. Richard Dreyfuss. Richard Dreyfuss. Why, why? Sometimes I'm telling you, the overnights, they've zapped my brain. I'm terrible with names. Richard Dreyfuss, <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- very funny. Very, very funny. Yeah, but what about Bob is a good one. Yeah, um, it, I, I caught your discussion the other night with Mike Legelman. You both were talking about the show 24. And yes. I, I, so, I, absolutely, one of my favorite dramas. Um, the, outside of sports, my stomach doesn't churn often, but with that TV show, the one moment on 24 was, I believe it was season four, season five, mm-hmm. but a bad guy poison CTU, and you know all the workers were uh, were falling down. Yeah. And as the episode was closing, this poor guy, the computer analyst Edgar, he's yeah. running through the office. He stops. Th- yeah. Up. I was completely good, but I knew I was watching break TV. Right. Uh, I mentioned that. Yeah, no, Edgar. Uh, Edgar was a uh, a sad uh, a sad passing, no doubt. Edgar. That, that was Edgar Styles was uh, uh, got a silent clock. That's how you know you're an important character. When yeah. when you when you passed away and you got the silent clock, you know you meant something to the show. And Edgar got the silent clock. He sure did. Um, That's right. And uh, 
but not, not to the extent of that night, how my stomach felt. But five hours ago, you know, the, the Knicks were losing at that time. And I did see that post come on my social media about Corbin Burns. I thought of you. Um, yeah, I, I felt already uneasy about the Yankee staff already. And then here comes an, another opportunity that goes by the wayside. Yeah. And granted, if Hal's father was still alive, uh, I ask you, uh, ah. Snell, Montgomery, and Burns, they'd be already on the staff, right? I, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I guess, I, I, you know, I mean, they didn't sign everybody every time and he didn't have to deal <laughs> with the luxury, uh, tax. And you know he wasn't putting money in his in the opposing team's hands into their pockets to beat him. I don't know how Hal's not, I don't know how George would have handled it. I don't think everybody would have been on it. I don't think George would have had an unlimited uh, payroll. But I thought I mean it, it sounded like Burns wasn't available. That's what we were hearing, and the idea that Cash did not make this move. And again. I'll be the first to tell you because I already got one on Twitter about how much they love DJ uh, DL Hall, and so who knows if the I, I don't know. They might have just they might have said no, we're not trading him, not trading him, and then the Orioles said, all right, well, how about DL Hall? And suddenly they're like, ooh, DL Hall. Like, he's not someone who is not has not shown uh, uh, the ability to be good enough to suddenly you know change the course of a a team's desire to make that trade. Now, if you look at the team, like I'm looking at all the stuff, I mean, they they do like his stuff. Like if you go to, I went to Baseball America, the prospects, and they went to the best tools of every prospect. So the best hitter, the best hitter for average in the Orioles farm system is Jackson Holiday. The best power hitter is Samuel Basalio. I don't know who, whatever. Uh, best fat, so if you look at the organization, best fastball, D.L. Hall. Best slider, D.L. Hall. Best changeup, D.L. Hall. So he's got the best fastball, the best slider, and the best changeup in the minor league system or in prospects. I mean, from what I understood, and I'm aware of him a little bit, you're going you're gonna to laugh, I'm aware of D.L. Hall slightly because I have a fairly good um, card of his. For whatever reason, I, <laughs> I have a rookie card of D.L. Hall for some reason. Numbered to like 45 or 55, something like that. I can't remember. But I got a decent DL Hall card, so I've looked into him. I I mean, they have – I think they've soured on him a bit. And, you know, they would turn – he's had more He's had more uh, time in the bullpen than he has in the starting rotation. So it it's not like it's this great prospect. He does have some pretty good stuff. Clearly, but he hasn't. I, I don't think he's been starting as much. Yeah, like in Baltimore, he had 18 appearances, zero games started. So he's, he kind of came up and was a reliever. Now, sometimes you get that with young kids or whatever, but like even in, even in the system, you know, he's had a – 17 appearances, 10 starts. You know, it's not like he's been completely a starter for the last handful of years. And in, and for the for the team, he came up in 2022, uh, made one start but 11 appearances out of the bullpen or 10 appearances out of the bullpen. Last year, all 18 appearances out of the bullpen. Um, he hasn't come up and been the starter. I mean, great, you know, when they had... 
uh, Grayson Rodriguez come up, that their big time prospect, they put him in the rotation. Their rotation hasn't been that. Their rotation is you know Kyle Bradish, uh, Dean Kramer, uh, Kramer. Like, I guess he was projected to be into the starting rotation this year, but he's come up and he hasn't been that stud that stud prospect who comes up and takes a spot in the rotation or even gets a start. He hasn't made a start. But they must like him, and he's got good stuff. So it's a legitimate prospect. And Joey Ortiz is a legitimate prospect, top 100 infield prospect. But I do think the Yankees could have matched this. I don't think this was an impossible ask. I don't think this process, I don't think this package means it would have had to have been Jason Dominguez. I don't think this pros, this package means it would have had to have been Spencer Jones. It might have been a, it might have been one of the top pitching prospects, which I get. They've already depleted some. They lost some in the five rule draft in the rule five draft. They obviously lost a bunch uh, in the Soto trade. They lost even more in the Verdugo trade. So they've lost some depth in their starting pitching uh, minor league system. So to add another one for Burns sounds like a lot, but I don't, you know, go win a World Series this year. Don't you get last year was a disaster and that this fan fan base and this franchise is kind of at a, a crossroads here? Like, I wanted Burns. I, go get Bieber now. Barry and Brick, what's up, Barry? Hey, how you doing, guys? What's up, man? How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, you know, the, the one good thing um, about this non-move by the Yankees is that we at least get to talk about baseball again. You know, <laughs> yeah, like I know. that. Yeah, well, listen, so like, I mean, we're, I mean, I the Knicks aren't going to win. The Knicks don't play every night, and the Knicks aren't going to win every night. And once football's over, it's baseball season. Yeah, no, that's why I love baseball. It's like, you know, like every night, it's it's, it's there for you. You know what I mean? It's like uh, win or lose. I, Barry, I have I have waxed poetic about that for many years. <laughs> baseball is my best friend. I'm, yeah. I I miss baseball desperately when it's not with me. And baseball it, is like baseball is every night. Football is an experience. Football is every Sunday. Right. You sit in front of the couch. I'm lucky enough where I've made it my job, and so my wife allows me to do things like buy three televisions for our living room, and I'm watching all the games, and I'm immersed in it completely. I know exactly where I'm going to be Sunday at 1 o'clock. I prob- I pretty much know what I'm going to eat. I'm not getting off the couch. It's Sunday. I don't miss a play, but that's it. It's once a week. Basketball is every other night. Hockey's every other night. Baseball is every single night, 162 games. It's in the backyard when you're at the pool or barbecuing. It's it's in the car with you on the radio when you're just running to the supermarket. Like, it is... It is your companion all year yeah. long, I, all exactly. summer long. I I adore baseball. It is by far yeah. my favorite sport. Uh, I I I know. I consider it like a friend. It is a yeah. it is a companion with you all year long. You there are games every night. I love watching West Coast baseball. Every year I pick a team. I got to decide who my West Coast team is going to be this year. I, I I just I I adore baseball. Yeah, and I I think if you're going to choose a, a West Coast team. Padres are where it's at. It they sounds like it, right? I mean, they got yeah. a bunch of Yankees on it now, but it's almost they're, they're, like... Yeah. Yeah, they're Yankees West. You know what I mean? They're like yeah. the lead-back version of the Yankees. Like, I, like, I, yeah. I, when the, the, year where the, the year where they were really Slam Diego, I picked them that year, so I've already I've picked them in recent history already, San Diego, right. because of how much fun they were that year. Uh, uh-huh. So it would be going back to... I want to try and, you know, circle the, the rest of uh, the West Coast, but... It might not be a bad idea, right? King is going to be there, obviously. Now Peralta is yeah. going to be there. Is so, it Gary Sanchez uh, there? 
I don't, I don't know if they if they stayed with Gary Sanchez or not. I have to double check that. I'm sure his contract was up. I I didn't hear if they right, right. they gave him a new one, but um, uh, he yeah. might he might go wherever Snell goes because apparently Snell absolutely loved pitching to him. Oh really? Oh, yeah, yeah Snell would, loved pitching to him apparently. Yeah. No, so, yeah, so you make a good point. Like, baseball is, a, you know, it's like, a, it's like a friend. But it also, you know, it's with you for so long, you know, during the during the season that it's almost like an enemy also when your team is doing bad. Oh, you sure. know what I mean? It's like, it's like ah, I don't want to talk about them. You know, I just, you know, let me forget about it, even though you're going to end up watching it that night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to tell, I don't want to think about the Yankees now. Yeah. Well, how, yeah, how about if you get, how about if you, you get your dream job the summer of their worst year in history? How about that? <laughs> How about you finally get a chance to talk on a nightly basis and your favorite <laughs> baseball team decides to have its worst year in 30 years? How about that? Yeah. I mean, you can only talk about how much John Carlos is terrible for, for so long. Big bounce back here for John Carlos. You write it down. Oh, yeah, sir. We, we heard that before, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's gotten limber. He's lost he a lot of weight, and he's and he's taking Pilates. You just wait. He, he's got limber, limber. Yeah, you just you wait. Know, with, like, 30 yards at that. Yep. <laughs> He's that limber that, you know, yeah, he's not going to break his hamstring within the first two weeks, guarantee. So, you know, we'll see after that. Uh-huh. But, uh, no, it's just exciting to, you know, talk about, you know, the, you know, the Yankees. Even the Mets. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm almost looking forward to Mets talk because, it's, you know, we know that the winter's finally ending. You know, even though it wasn't so cold this year, you know, and we're going to be getting back to baseball, getting back to, to the grind, to, to the love, to the hate. The, you know, to the to the boring, to, to all of it, and and I love it. You know, I love listening to, love falling asleep to John and Susan. Love, you know, I, I love it all. You know, and I'm, I I'm hear just you. glad that, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that. Oh, I'm sorry, I accidentally hit the cutoff Barry. I apologize. Yeah, no, I'm excited for baseball too, but you got me all pumped about baseball. You're you're taking away my anger. I don't want to ruin my anger yet. I just started. I just opened up the can of anger. I want to hold on to it for a little bit. I'm, you know, I'm mad at Cash. I'm mad at the Yankees right now. Burns, Burns going to Baltimore pisses me off, man. I got to be honest, it pisses me off. When I heard it, and then I saw the package necessarily, like it wasn't like, it's just, what the hell? I thought he wasn't getting traded. Why, why were not? Why were the Yankees not on this more? This was the move. I get not giving Snell money. I do. I get not giving long contracts and spending big time money. I get it. I do. They they do spend a lot of money. They're over the threshold. I don't expect them to give these long term big money contracts that double because of the tax when they have to go give Juan Soto six hundred five hundred million dollars next year. Like I get it. This is fifteen million for one year. This is the move I would have made. I've been saying it from the beginning, before they got Stroman, before they even talked to Snell. I've been saying from the jump. I wanted Yamamoto, and once Yamamoto fell through, I wanted Snell. I've been saying it since that day. And now I'm on Bieber. Go get Bieber. Go get me an ace that is a one-year rental. That's what I want. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, so I'm looking over my Bill Murray, uh, the Bill Murray catalog here. I want to come up with my favorite, my least favorite, and my out-of-the-box. So I'm trying to come up with three. My absolute favorite, my absolute least favorite, and then one that 
is underrated and unknown. So we'll get to those as we go through. I'm trying to come up with it. I'm pretty sure I have the one that's unknown. And least favorite is weird. I mean, you know, there's a lot of them I don't know necessarily, but I'm sure I can come up with something. 877-337-6666. So yeah, let me know what your favorite Bill Murray movie is. We'll get to that. As well as we weave in Knicks and Yankees. Right now, the two main topics. There are some other things we can get to. Obviously, Washington uh, and we could uh, the commanders hiring Dan Quinn and passing up. I, I it's amazing to me some of the coaches who got hired and some of the coaches who didn't. So we can uh, I mean Bill Belichick. Apparently there was con- some connection between them and there was some contact, should I say, between them, and yet they chose Dan Quinn. <laughs> I mean, I understand he was a hot commodity maybe last year or two years ago when he did a great job with the the the. Dallas defense, but that performance, and then you add it to the, the way the Falcons absolutely folded in every big spot from that Super Bowl moment on, I, I don't know. I don't know. Would not have been my choice. But, hey, good for Giant fans. 877-337-6666. And there's always the Jets to talk about. We can get back to that scathing report if you'd like. Well, let's go back to Nick Calls. Dave in Manhattan. What's up, Dave? Oh, a pleasure to speak with you tonight. And um, let me just say uh, welcome to the overnight. First time I've talked to you. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Well, overnight. you welcome to the overnight then. Welcome oh, to the new you. overnights. R- really, it's important to me. And I'm in the restaurant business. It means a lot of late nights. Sure. And um, particularly post 9-11, New York got me through some times. But Sure. Um, and then, you know, Van Gundy quit. Following that, and um, Scott Layden, Isaiah Thomas. I was yeah. lucky enough to it, be in the garden tonight. Oh, nice. And uh, oh, I, I didn't even need to jump out of my seat because of the you know weight of the moment. And, um, you know, this is different than 2013. 2013 no doubt. didn't last. No doubt. That, that, there was no, no sustaining there. Um, yeah, do no, you feel like they built I something was, here that's going to sustain? You know, hopefully win a championship, but even if not, they're going to be good. They're going to be good for a while. Isn't it nice not to have drama, fights on the plane, um, people complaining about the players' behavior? I mean, it's all – this is the first time I remember being this genuinely positive because, you know, I was lucky enough to be at a lot of the 99 playoff run and in a way that a lot of people don't. And that was a bizarre year based on a whole – a lot of luck. Um, I was also in the building for game four, the 94 finals, where they brought out the Stanley Cup at halftime. And uh, yeah. I, you know, of course, Dolan has transformed the garden, but, you know, this is built to last. And um, if I can take you down, you know, two little wormholes, if I have a second. Sure. So. We all know that Danny Ames asked for a higher price from for the Knicks than anyone else. Right. Now, for, for, yeah. For Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Now, once I know it's been talked about at ad nauseum. I'm hesitant to even share it. Now, Danny Ames' first agent, when he was himself a player, was his close friend from Utah named Dave Checkets. Right. Dave Checkets was forced out of the garden when Dolan moved over to take more operations. So we know he wasn't eager to send Mitchell to New York, but I think he also wasn't eager to make Dolan happy. 
the second wormhole thing is because I know you're, you know, big on the Yankees. Uh, when st- you know, nothing suspicious at all about Jeter taking over and then giving us Mike, sorry, Giancarlo Stanton for Starlin Castro and a bag of balls. Nothing suspicious at all about that. But, you know, the next offseason. I mean, a lot of I people tell you, be, a lot of people tell you he ruined the Yankees doing it. Well, I. The that he, that he knew that Stan would age this way, and he wanted to stick it to Cashman. My my issue was the following offseason, they sort of had cover by saying, "No need to meet with Bryce Harper. We have our big bat." Right. No, you know, and oh, Benny Machado. No, let him go to San Diego. But um, right. Yeah, this is not the same Cashman, and I don't. You know, we know he had that issue with the lady in Connecticut a decade ago. He's well, just, what does that have to do with it? I, I, people sometimes need to, you know, move into more of an advisory role when uh, they, um, you know, when the analytics and the future. And I also think it has more to do with, uh, you know, the, the restrictions in place when George is running the show, taxes and what have you. And uh, we clearly know that Hal is not his father, but. Um, you know, no, I, I, I understand, Dave. You kind of lost me there. I don't know what the the issue with the lady in Connecticut had anything to do with what's going on right now. Um, yeah, listen, I'm disappointed in the offseason. Let's just keep it simple. All right, we don't have to go back again. Can we cut it out with George? Like, can we cut it out with George? I've already had two calls mention it. Who gives a damn? You do not know what George Steinbrenner would or would not have done. And to act like you like you would know, you don't know. You have no idea, okay? We don't know what George would have done. He didn't play with this threshold. He didn't have to, I, I don't believe he had a uh, a tax bill on the on the building the way they do. He didn't have uh, you know shareholders the same level. Like you don't know what he would have done. You think he would have liked putting the money in the Tampa Bay Rays hands to beat him? Do you think he would have liked doing that? I don't think he would have. All right, are there certain moves he would have done that the Yankees didn't do? Sure. Sure. But he also did a lot of moves in the 80s that won some games but couldn't make it to the playoffs for pretty much an entire decade. And then the the dynasty was built when he was barred from the building. And then he signed a bunch of guys like, you know, Jason Giambi, and when big profile brought in Alex Rodriguez, who I like and love, but it's not like they went on this tear. They won one championship after 2000. Like, stop acting like you know what he would have done and that he would have been successful. We have no idea. The Yankees might be, if, if George was still around making decisions, the Yankees might be worse off. We have no idea. So please stop. Please stop bringing up what he would have done because it's just, it makes, it's pointless. It's a pointless conversation. And and none of you know what he would have done. All right? If you want to call me up and you knew George personally for, the, for, for 30 years of his life and you feel you got a good feel on what George would have done, fine. But if you're just a Yankee fan who thinks they would have known exactly how George Steinbrenner would have operated, you don't know. They might have been through 100 managers. They might be in a disastrous state right now. Who knows? But, I mean, enough of it. Enough. Here's the point. This offseason should have been more about this year. 
They should have went all in on this season. I wanted to win a World Series this year. I still want to, and I still think they can. I don't. I don't think that that ship has sailed. I don't think that. I don't think the window's closed. I don't think they're doomed to failure this year. I think they've got a very good team that could very easily win the championship. I think they would have had a better chance with Burns. That's what I think. And right now, I'm all about making them better for this year. Mario in Long Beach. What's up, Mario? Hey, how you doing, T-Lock? Good. How are you, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Good show. Good show. Thank you. Thank you. Get, get a little frustrated over the Yankees. I know I'm a Yankee fan, too. Yeah, a little bit. A little, a little bit. That news kind of bothered me today. I, have to, I, was, I was not happy to see that. So let's talk about happy things, the Knicks. Like, uh, yeah. Such a... Uh, you know, and, and this Brunson is, I can't believe how good he is. I can't believe how you good know, he is I either. Think, you know what? Think about it. Who's a better point guard in all of basketball right now than him? I don't think anybody. Um, Nobody. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess right now, I mean, I would, certainly right now you I would, can make the case. I wouldn't even take uh, Curry. Curry's 35 years old. He's a, he's a good player. But look at the team. They're below 500. I mean, uh, yeah. look at what, I understand that, but I mean, he's, he's Steph Curry. No, no, but I mean right now, a 36-year-old Steph yeah, Curry or a 27-year-old Brunson, I'll take 27-year-old Brunson, who's winning games for them right no, now. No, no doubt know? about it. Right now, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm so happy. I'm so freaking thrilled with this team and the way he's playing. I'm not even going to attempt to come up with an argument against it. So I hear and you. you know, he's and, as good as anyone you know, right now. Absolutely. You know, And you know what the great thing about them is they're playing defense now. No doubt. Everybody plays defense. Yeah. Nobody in the NBA plays defense anymore. That's the reason well, why Milwaukee has a problem. They, it, because when they, got, when, they, when they took in Lillard and they got rid of Jeru Holiday, yes. he was one of the best defensive guards. So they got a great offensive player, but yeah. they took three steps back defensively. And now if you look, they're winning games 130, 124. That's, something, that's not going to fly in the playoffs, I, 130, 124. I, mean, you know? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, might why not? Now, if the defense, you think the def- why is the like defense that. stiffen up? You think they 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 try? I mean, you know, the, you just said nobody plays defense, so why can't you win one thirty? No, 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 nobody during the regular season. Then when the playoffs <laughs> come, you know, then you, you, it's hard just to turn well, maybe, it up. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, maybe Milwaukee will play better defense in the postseason. Uh, Damon Lillard never played defense in his whole career. He's 34 years old. I don't know how much is going to change right now. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 just, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying they have, they have some guys there. I mean, I'd be surprised if, if you think that, you know, Milwaukee is, is like done. They still have the second best record in the East. They're still in the two seed. I still think they're very dangerous. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're dangerous, but I don't see them beating Boston right now. Boston okay. looks like a stronger team. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, listen, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, doing a good it, job. And, uh, and, Oh, thank you, Mario. I appreciate it. Um, John and Maspeth, what's up, John? How's it going, C Mac? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. You know, I wanted to talk about the Yankees bullpen here for a second, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, we lost Wandy Peralta, very, very underrated pitcher over the last couple of years. Little, little, little quick, little quick stat for you. Yeah. Over the last two years of all lefty relievers. Mm-hmm. That pitched at least 100 innings, or you know, over the last few years, uh, combined 100 innings, third best ERA out of all lefty relievers. So, yeah, so, I mean, it know, doesn't surprise me. Losing He's... him is huge. And I saw a little report that the Yankees want to use Jonathan Loizaga in the Michael King role yeah. as a multi-inning reliever. Yes, that's just that's just screaming no. Based off of his like his uh, history, 
I think they think it'll keep. You know, him, I think the reason they're doing it is because they want to keep him healthier. Want to keep him healthier? Correct. But I'm not sure how I feel about putting him out there. For, you know, two less games every few days. Based less off less his, games. Uh, his his injury history. You know, I understand yeah, that, but they, they they they. But what I'm telling you is, they agree with you on the injury history. They believe pitching him in that manner of two innings per outing or more innings per okay. outing, less outings is going to help him stay healthy. That's why they're doing it. Do you, do you think, though, putting him out there for, like, the sixth and seventh inning or the seventh and eighth? Yeah. You know, because that break in between, you know, I'm not sure if that's going to be good for him for, for his elbow. Well, again, but... I, I respect you, John. What I'm telling you is the Yankees feel differently. And as much as you might end up being right or as smart as you are, it's hard for me to think you're more, uh, you know, attuned in the situation than than Matt Blake is. You know what I'm saying? Like, more me. Yeah. Like, I, they're telling us, and, and listen, they've not been perfect, no doubt about it. They've had guys injured all yeah. the time. But their think, thinking is Loisaga throwing every day is more likely to get hurt than Loisaga pitching more innings and pitching less often. I, that, I that's what they think. I understand that concept. Yeah, well, that's I, what they – They're going to try it because he's but, been hurt. You know, let, let, Letting these guys, you know, sign elsewhere. It's like, yeah, the Yankees have a reputation for producing good arms out of the bullpen that they can't do. really come out of nowhere. Yeah, but we can't take that for granted. No, I don't think we it's can't. for granted, and it, and, it, and it kind of seems like we are. You well, know? I, don't, I don't think so. Middleton, I didn't really think that much of, and Wandy as much. I totally loved Wandy Peralta. Wandy, I think he was great. Ian Hamilton, you know, Ian. These, ha- I think guys. Ian Hamilton is still on the team. No. Why? Where did Hamilton he go? He is still on a team, yeah, you know. Yeah. But we don't have that lefty reliever no more. We don't have that lefty specialist. Yeah, no, well, listen, they're going to have to – they'll they'll have guys who step up. There's, you know, Nick Ramirez, uh, you know, right – I mean, here's the thing, though. For four years, I, I don't want to give any middle – and that's what he is, Wandy. He's a, mini, he's a middle reliever. He's a middle reliever, yeah. Late in his 30s or, you know, mid would be late in his 30s by the end of the contract. I don't want to give a middle reliever four years. I just Four years, yeah. That's a long contract for like Wandy Peralta. It's a lot of years. Like you said yesterday, you know, he got, you know, he got, we got four years, sixteen million. We want, you know, it, it would have been more suitable to give him, you know, twelve two, million. Over two for twelve, two years, yeah. You know? I, I would have rather have done that than give him four years. Now, I know there were some opt outs in there, but it's only opt outs if he pitches terrific. If you're on the hook for a guy who's kind of fallen off, he's not opting out. So look, it, I'm. I wasn't pleased. If they would have signed him to that contract, I would have lived with it because I loved Wandy Peralta. And I am all in for this year, and I think the team would have been better with Wandy Peralta this year than without Wandy Peralta. But, you know, if, you know, I do think the one thing they've done here is find, like, as I joked about it, Wandy Peralta is the example of why I'm not that upset that they lost Wandy Peralta because – I, I had never really heard of him. I mean, I guess I was kind of aware of him in San Francisco. They traded Mike Talkman for him, and I remember at the time going, man, they could use that outfielder. What the hell are they trading Mike Talkman for some you know lefty reliever I've never heard of? And then sure enough, he was phenomenal. Like this is They've been very good and very adept at finding bullpen. Terrible in the rotation, excellent in the bullpen. That's why I want the starting pitcher, and I'm not that mad they're losing bullpen pieces because they have done time and time again, year in and year out, found guys to be excellent relievers. Michael King kind of came out of nowhere. He was kind of on his way to being a failed starting pitcher. All of a sudden, they put him in the back end of the bullpen. He's a dynamic force. You know, Chad Green comes up out of nowhere. Marinaccio, although he did have his failings towards the end of the year, 
Marinaccio was dominant at times. Like, you know, they traded for Efros. He got hurt, but he was really good before he got hurt. You know, Tommy Canely, if he doesn't fall in love with his stinking changeup and throw it over and over again, I do like Tommy Canely's stuff. Ian Hamilton was a guy they found who was terrific for them last year. Like, they'll find guys off the scrap heap, and I think this pitching staff and this, you know, pitching organization, really, organizationally-wise, does a great job at making relievers. I think that's what they do best. So as opposed to giving Wandy Peralta four years, do I feel comfortable they'll find his replacement? I kind of do. I kind of do. I'd rather get that number two starter and not rely on Carlos Rodon. That's my problem.